0: Well, friends, it is time for us to have a look at some of the answers to some of your questions. And uh, the first question from last week was this. How can we retain our Bible knowledge so that we can use it when sharing the gospel? We've been talking a bit over the last few weeks, know and tell the gospel. And this person asks, how can you just sort of have all that stuff ready to go when someone asks you a question? Let me tell you the first thing about this, and that is with the Jesus is stuff... (laughs) There's really there's only one thing you kind of got to be ready for, and that is when people say to you, "What's the deal with all this Jesus is stuff I see everywhere? Like if you're wearing a t-shirt or I've got a badge there and I've got a." A wristband here, and like I said before, we have a hun- we had a hundred each of these stickers, wristbands, and badges. So make sure you get one or two, or as many as you like, for each of your cars or wherever you think it can go, so that people will see it. But let's say you're down at Fredo's, and they—they uh, they say to you, "What's the deal with the Jesus is? I'm seeing them everywhere." All you need to do is say, "We're interested in people's opinions. Jesus is. What do you think goes in the blank?" So if that's the answer, then you're ready to go. And then it throws it over to the person who is there with you. Because what we're doing is we're trying to get people talking about Jesus. We're not trying to say, Jesus is bad, shoving it down people's throats. What we're trying to do is to get people talking about Jesus. And then when people had a a chance to talk for a little while, the next thing then is to be able to say, if they sort of say they're finished, well, you know what I think? And then you say something about who you think Jesus is. Now, I think Jesus is kind. I... Because I remember when, when Jesus was at the grave of one of his friends, uh, he went and he showed great sympathy. And so when I think who Jesus is, I think Jesus is kind. So You might have a little answer there. And if someone comes up with a tough question, just say, well, listen, I just know about how Jesus is, is able to save in, in any circumstance. I mean, you, you might talk about something you know about Jesus. It's so simple in some ways. But the other answer is that we can retain our Bible knowledge by just continuing to listen and learn over years. And many of you have been coming along to church and and fellowship groups and things for many years and just keep reading yourself as well. I, I think what's really important to know with this is don't feel you need to have everything just absolutely perfect word for word before you talk to anybody about Jesus. Just share about why you like Jesus. Why do you love Jesus? What is it that's great about being a follower of Jesus for you? And... You can't get it wrong because it's talking about what you think. And I'm sure the Spirit of God will help you as you chat. And that's what I am praying will happen to me as I get into conversations as well. Question two, what's the best way to tell people about Jesus? A sit-down meal or a plain old conversation? Well, I'm a big fan of sit-down meals. Uh, We we have sit-down meals every Saturday night at our 5 o'clock church. Our 6.30 dinner sort of starts from 6.30 to 7.30-ish and we just sit down. But we've actually got a sit-down meal in a sense every Sunday morning, don't we? We sit around and, and I, I think we've got to the point where some of our morning teas go longer than our dinners. So there you go, congratulations to us. I, I think it's, it's regular for me to leave at midday. But I was sitting down with uh, James Rosten uh, during the week, one of our wardens, uh, you know James, and uh, and we just got thinking, could we, I, I digress, but that's okay, work with me on this one. but. What would stop us having a monthly brunch on a Sunday morning? What if we, we took turns once a month where we cooked up maybe some sausages and bacon or something like that and, and said, let's eat from 11 o'clock, and so we just have a big cooked breakfast, we throw in the Barbies, we have a coffee, and then we do that maybe once a month or something like that? That could be nice, couldn't it? Just, just pretty casual, and we can just do a head count before church and... Anyway, that's just a food for thought. So I digress. Back to the question, just talk about Jesus. Jesus seemed to have meals all the time. Now, fortunately, they, they didn't sit behind computers back then because I think Jesus would have uh, eaten so much that he may have put on some weight because he just loved to eat with people all the time because there's something about eating that is a special fellowship moment. It's a special thing to, to eat with someone. And so I reckon that's good. But just talk to people. It's great. Question three, if God knew we were going to sin and turn against him, why did he create us? And that is because he was planning before the creation of the world for Jesus to die and rise again. This wasn't a surprise for him. The cross is not plan B. And so we know that for that to happen, you sort of take it back a few steps, you see the fact that Jesus needed to die because of our sin. And therefore he created us so that we could glorify God, which is awesome. And so it was actually part of that that leads us to the point of glorifying God. Question four, can people be demon-possessed today? And if so, what does it look like? I don't think I personally have ever met anybody who is truly demon-possessed. And I don't know too many people who have. So if you haven't, don't think that you're weird. It's it's very uncommon, I think, in modern Australia, more common in other parts of the world. Uh, If you see places where there are witch doctors and a lot of an animalistic kind of religions and things um, with spells and all that sort of stuff, you're more likely to see it, it seems. But the way in which the devil impacts us today is, I think, not so much by satanic temples, but more by Stocklands and shopping centres. I I think, um, not not signalling out Stocklands, but, any, but, but just the kind of big shopping centres that make us think that if we buy more stuff and have what someone else has got, then we will be happy and we get so fogged in by the, by the materialism around that we steer away from God. And so that is sort of what the effect of the devil looks like, I think, today more than anything. Worth saying also that that um, that when the Holy Spirit takes residence in a person... He's that kind of person who, when he moves in, he just spreads his pl- stuff out everywhere. Okay? He, he takes over the whole place. He's not going to sit there and share with someone else. So it's not like the Holy Spirit's there and then a demon comes in and says, oh, do you mind if I sit beside you? Sure, let's see what happens. It's like, room's full. When you have the Spirit of God living in you, there is no place for a devil, for a demon in you. So when people talk about Christians being you know possessed by the devil or oppressed, and it 's like oh, nah the, the, the Holy Spirit he is in us when we saved, and we know we are certain for that reason in Christ uh, the next question question five: should we be fasting today as Christians, and if so, what for and when well, there is a uh, uh, if you're talking about the sort of health fasting where people will skip a meal two days a week and all that sort of stuff for, for controlling your health and diet and things like that, the Bible doesn't speak about those sorts of things, but you know, be healthy, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and, but I think this, is probably, this question is probably talking about religious fasting, I think. Now, you know that there were times in the Bible when there would be religious times when people would go without food or would go without certain things. And this question asks whether that's a thing today or not. Uh, in the, uh, the time of the Acts of the Apostles, remember we looked at that last year in detail together, we saw that the, uh, that the Apostles occasionally would pray and fast. And so there's a pattern there where fasting can focus us on, in on God. Now, this is actually not something that I personally have really got into as a Christian. The, my Christian leaders and the churches I've got, I've gone to over the years have not really got into it. And I think that's okay. I know other Christians who have, and that's terrific as well. And I was speaking to a Christian during the week, and she said, you know, it, it's sort of she's done it from time to time, and she's found it helpful for focusing in on God as a tool, sort of thing. That's kind of a, a good thing to, to think about, isn't it? Uh, there is a sort of a formal way of fasting that we have in the church calendar, which is Lent. We're right in the middle of it now. Some people will fast from something, whether it's chocolate or social media or whatever it is, uh, or and then there are the actual days in which people make fast from meat um, our church doesn 't really celebrate that in the same sort of way, but others do and I think it 's something that if you 're going to fast don 't make everybody know about it It's like how are you going i 'm starving why i 'm fasting How good am I like that that's jesus said don 't do that bad idea, but we do it so that we can focus in on christ i, I, I on Facebook I follow a few people, but one of them is uh, Archbishop Foley Beach uh, he is the uh, the main guy of Gafcon around the whole world uh, Gafcon is the fellowship of uh, orthodox Anglicans and uh, he has called a day of prayer today and uh, for the for the impact of the coronavirus and he said we should pray and we should fast so it's interesting. it's, it's still a thing around and so uh, as it helps uh, then let me encourage you to do that Question six, is it okay that we seem to speak more about Jesus than God? Well, given that Jesus is God, let me sort of translate this question a bit. Is it okay we speak more of Jesus the Son rather than God the Father? Because you know in the Bible it says that the Father is God, Jesus the Son is God, God the Holy Spirit is God, but not three gods, one God. So is it okay that we speak a lot about Jesus now that's fine. The church did it all the time. You can see it through the Gospels, you can see it through the Acts of the Apostles and all of the letters and so on. It's very Christ-focused. But notice that Christ was very Father-focused. So he talks about he, and I've come for the will of the Father. I, I bring glory to the Father. So it's it's all a Trinitarian thing. Trinity is that word to describe the, the three persons, the one God, the three tri trinity. And so when we pray, the normal pattern is that we pray to the Father in the name of the Son, in the power of the Spirit. And so we are going to talk about Jesus an awful lot, and we're going to talk about god an awful lot the bible does sometimes talk about jesus as god obviously but sometimes even refers to jesus as god and praying to jesus as god so that does happen as well but uh, i think we've got a good little balance so and finally question seven does god love everybody equally Uh, it's when you think of the most famous verse in the bible god so loved the world that he gave his only son Uh, anybody who wants to come to jesus will be accepted and we'll talk about that a bit today in our talk. But the point is that if people go through their life saying, I hate Jesus, I hate Jesus, or I ignore Jesus, I ignore Jesus, and they come to the final day and they think that Jesus is going to say, oh, a judgment day, love, love, love. It's like that, that door is closed. He will be judge. And in that way, he will be the one who will be bringing out punishment. And so now is the time to... Accept the love of Jesus, which is just so wonderful. And you can clearly say to anybody, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And whilst there's time for them to repent, they can enjoy that love. Great questions. Thank you so much for that.